We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I am the captivating, motivating, tensilating, and money-making Dr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I got my main man, Mr. Paul O'Chang in the building. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's good to the people? Been a minute since uh it's been a minute since y'all heard my voice with Carl on the same line. So what's up, y'all? Hope you guys are doing good. Today's gonna be just 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 if, if you're driving, go home. Today's gonna be good. This one's gonna be fire. Yes, sir. So as always, you know, every time the two of us are on here, we try to bring you guys special guests that can upgrade your business, your life, your brand, um, especially to all our healthcare heroes out there, right? We try to make sure that y'all are able to know some plays that you can make to diversify your income, especially, you know, when you're working so hard with patients and everything that comes with being a healthcare professional. So this week is no exception. With that being said, this episode is going to be fire because I did not even know what these two are doing is possible. Um, and this this episode, honestly, has been in the makings for a little bit now. We just communication back and forth and scheduling, um, but we were able to kind of talk a little bit at InvestFest this past weekend. Shout out to everybody who went to InvestFest. And here we are now recording today's episode. So with that being said, I do want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today. We have two bosses in the building. Uh, we have Andy, who's the creator of the 100K Play, a real estate developer and coach who teaches other people how to build new construction using OPM, other people's money. And we also have the lovely Gigi in the building as well. Shout out to Gigi, the go-to person for all things credit and the other half of this two-person team that's crushing it in the real estate industry. So with that being said, guys, welcome to the show. How's it going? Yes, How's it sir. Going? How y'all feeling, man? <laughs> Great, thank you. Absolutely. So we like to be respectful of your time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we understand y'all are busy and we appreciate you making the time to come talk to us. So let's get right into it. You know, right out the gate, we always like to start with the why, because people need to know, you know, like, why is it that you're doing what you do? You know, and I think a lot of what we're able to build and create as entrepreneurs stems from that why and the root of our why. So right out the gate, tell us a little bit about, you know, why did y'all choose to pursue this field and, you know, how'd you kind of get into it? All right, me first, I got into it because um, the whole story is like when I first, um, I had no went to prison selling drugs when I was like 18, got out when I was 22. And then I was just looking for something to do. So I went and worked for like a year. Got tired of doing the working, so I went and got went to New York, grabbed me a couple of throwback jerseys and CDs and started selling that on the corner for like six years. 
And at the same time I was doing that, I had to went to trade school to learn how to paint cars. And then I was painting cars for a little while. And then I seen this guy that was messing with my cousin. He had like 10, 10 houses. And I knew that, you know, he didn't work, but he didn't do nothing like, um, I know he didn't really do much. I knew he was in the streets and I seen he had 10 houses. I was like, dang, if he could get houses, I know I could get houses. So I, that's when I, um, probably like a year later, I ended up buying my first house for like 11,000 back in 2012 when they were still cheap. I bought that, I bought a duplex for 11,000. And then I bought another single family for like 21. But I just kept them, I just held on to them. But in 2016, I decided I want to do this as a business instead of just having properties and renting them out. So I started wholesaling. I wholesale for a couple of years. I did fix and flips. And then the market started getting crazy and it was harder to find a property with deals. So I just decided to do new construction because it was easier to do and make more money from doing it. It was a bigger check. So in 2000, I just started doing new construction and I've been doing it ever since. But the why, why I did it was because I had the, you know, the charges. I was a convicted felon, so it was hard for me to get financing. So and the only way I knew to get the, the money, the funding to do it was through credit cards because they don't check everything they check when you're getting funded from a bank. Credit cards are way easier to get. So what I did was just open up an LLC, start getting high-limit credit cards, and then just start taking the money off the credit card and using that to start building. And then when I got in the middle of the project, I just used a um, hard money lender to finish it. And that's how I was able to create them, get doing the whole house using other people's money. And then it's like every every house we do, the minimum is like we make a minimum of 100K. And that's why it's called 100K play. Nah, I love that right there. Uh, right before I ask my second question, Juju, kind of give us your backstory a little bit too. And how and how did y'all meet, by the way? <laughs> so we met through uh, a mentorship. We met through uh, Recession Proof. And Andy hit me up for uh, inquiry removals. Um, it was funny is that at this point, I had already been working for myself uh, for a, a while, right? <laughs> so he asked me, he asked me if I wanted to basically work for him and he'd pay me like a certain percentage of any deals I would close for him. And I said, I, I don't work for anybody. <laughs> I don't. And uh, fast forward over a year later, here I am working with Andy. <laughs> All right. So then let me, let me ask these questions too, just because as, as my mind is kind of like spinning, listen to y'all talk. I want to make sure like one, we can ask questions for the people, especially, right? My goal with this episode is that honestly, one of two things will happen. People will be like, yeah, we got to hit them up as quickly as possible. Or they're like, hey, we got enough, enough information to be able to see if I can go out and make this thing work for myself. Okay. So that's where like, I kind of want people to be at, at the end of this, but this is where my first question starts. When you start to think about just the real estate world and like a lot of the barriers that could be in it. And you kind of talked about, it, especially with like getting banks um, to approve you loans. Cause that's, that's like pulling teeth out of <laughs> without anesthesia. Right? right. So what, what like triggered you to be like, yo, you know what? I could actually just grab these credit cards. Like there's something specific happened. We just woke up one day and said, 
look, I can get credit cards. I can pull it out. I can make it happen. What led to that moment? It was just the the struggle of trying to get financing. It, like, it was so hard to get financing. It was hard to get a hard money lender to lend you money on the beginning. It was hard to get money from a bank. And then I just re- knew that I had credit cards already. So it's like the easiest thing to do is just get more credit cards with higher limits and just take the money off of those and just use that to start it. And then once the um, hard money guy see so you have some skin in the game, then he'll go ahead and lend to you to finish it. So... I want to go a little bit deeper into that, right? Because let's let's educate the people from a standpoint of being able to acquire a property. Kind of walk us through from the front end to the back end what that looks like. You know, for people who are listening, they're like, this sounds dope, but what does that process even look like? And I'm sure y'all, you know, you have your own sauce that you're like, you got to pay for that. But the free gems that you can give, you know, kind of walk us through the process of what that looks like from the front end to the back end to be able to acquire these properties uh, that way. So basically what you have to do is just set up an LLC, set up your LLC, you know, we have a high enough credit, credit score, and then just apply for, um, we have like a list of like 10 different, well, I think like 20 different banks that you can apply for to get the high limit cards. And once you get the high limit cards, you can do the manufacturing spending to take it off. Or you could do like, it's a couple companies out there. One of them is called Plastique, where you can use that and you could take the money off the cards with that. They charge like a 3% fee. You can do it that way. And it's, you, know, you can use like Stripe, your Stripe account to get money going through it. There's different ways to do it. And those are the ways we teach you at the boot camp. But it's, you just basically got to get the money off the card. And once you get that money off the card, all you really need is like 30 grand to start digging and get you to the foundation to where you could get the hard money lender. And then after that, the hard money lender finished the rest of it. So basically you need to get that money off the cards and then use that to start building or into that or to get the lot if you don't have a lot. So my question now is for Gigi, because I think I don't want to move too fast. I want people to understand the other side of it, right? Um, especially when you're talking about you got to have a high enough credit score to get a lot of these cards. I think a lot of people, there's like this barrier for a ton of people just because it's not like they've done anything bad. It's just life happens, right? And people make mistakes, people miss payments. You know how it goes. So one, for a lot of these cards, what's the required credit score? One, and then two, what are some like two or three things you normally see that prevent people from actually being able to qualify for these cards? Okay, so just to encourage people, Paul, um, I was in the Marines, I got out, was married, and I married a gambler. So I ended up divorcing him. My score tanked to uh, the mid fives, and I got myself up to an 800 credit score uh, within six months. Okay, but (laughs) if I would have known this stuff that I know now back then, I would have been able to do it in two months. Um, So it is possible to raise your score within a few months. You don't have to carry that negative score around. Um, As far as a fundable score, you need at least a 720 in order to apply for high limit credit cards. So anything under that, lenders are going to look at you sideways. And that's both for the personal and the business side. Um, One, a couple of the the questions that I get is, uh, as far as, uh, so Andy mentioned something about creating the LLC, right? Um, when, when you create the LLC, you're, you're able to double dip. 
right? So if you have at least a 720 credit score, you can apply for credit cards with your personal um, report, and then you can use the business to apply, apply for credit cards. So essentially, you're able to get at least like $200,000 on the personal side and then um, get another $200,000 on the, on the business side. Um, so a lot of people are thinking like, well, I have to have a good score in order to um, start the business credit. No, you don't. Like you can start building the, the business profile. And then um, once you raise your personal score, then you can start PGing for the cards and the business side. And then once you have a strong enough business profile, you're able to stop using the cards that you PG'd on and then use the, the business as its own person to apply for funding. So, so. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, let me add some more. <laughs> go ahead, go for it, go for it. So, what I tell Andy's people, and I mean, I tell this to everybody, you don't have to know what business you want to jump into. Like I can open a consulting business right now, start building the business profile, the business credit. And then eventually, like if I want to do lashes, which I'm not, I would never do, but if I want to do lashes and I would dip into that field. But by that time, you know, like I've already started working on the business profile and I'm able to tap into that money that I can get with the business. And now the way that we show <laughs> Andy Merkin. <laughs> wait, wait, wait so then what we talk about at the boot camp is so we we teach him how to take the money out of the credit cards right so now we're taking the money out of the credit card depositing it into a bank account which is a business bank account because we're trying to um, pro produce statements right even <laughs> so we're taking the money out of the credit cards depositing into the business bank account so now we apply to lenders that require bank statements We've already produced bank statements. <laughs> We've already produced bank statements from a credit card. <laughs> so, before we even get one client. <laughs> I feel like I just learned secrets I wasn't supposed to know. Basically, <laughs> 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 just make it, you know, kind of show you how really how easy it is. Like most people think it's really hard, but it's just you not knowing what you need to do, like knowing the right thing can make you really, if you knew what to know, it'd be really easy for you. And that's what the whole process, the whole play. And then with anybody that signed up to the boot camp, I pay to get their credit done for free. So they don't have that problem. You get the credit done for free and then you learn what to do with the credit. So just as an example, a few years ago, I have an 800 credit score and uh, I was able to get a $100,000 loan on my business. It doesn't reflect on my personal report and it was a 2.5 interest rate. So what I did is I bought houses and then I made profit and I paid the, the loan down. I, and I did all this. I made all this profit without using my, tapping into my own money. I also buy real estate. I buy houses using, using credit cards. I would do the same thing that Andy's doing, but I don't have time. <laughs> and then buy it with your your business side; it don't affect your personal credit. Exactly, it doesn't uh, reflect on your personal credit. Oh, you won't feel it on your personal side. Mm -hmm. It won't mess with your report, your credit score. So let's say that. So let's say that uh, you came you came to me, Paul, and you don't have a business started yet, right? So, and you have a 720 at the very minimum. What I would tell you to do is apply to all these lenders. I would give you a list of lenders um, 
And then you would apply to these lenders, right? And then now it takes you, depending on what state you're in, I think you're in Florida, though it'll take like two weeks to incorporate the business. So then I would tell you, okay, now go apply to uh, the business, the business lenders, and then transfer that money over to the business side so your score could um, remain high if if it dropped because of the um, credit utilization. Damn, you're <laughs> dropping a lot of gems right now. Um, go, before I even ask the next question, go ahead and, and, and plug in the boot camp a little bit. Talk to us a little bit more about that. When is it going to be? Um, and what are some other things everybody can expect to get out of the boot camp? The boot camp going to be September 10th and 11th. And what we do at the boot camp, um, like I said before, we have GG clean your credit before you get there. And once you get there, um, GG going to tell you like how to have the utilization, how to get all the money off the cards, how to get the cards, what cards to get. And after that, I'm going to tell you the 40 steps that it takes to build a house from the ground up, every step, step by step. Then after that, we're going to have hard money guys. We're going to have architects, engineers. We're going to have some of the workers inside the building that's going to explain to you what they do and let you talk to them. And you can even get the connects if you're, in the, if you're in the same area we're in. And that's the first day. And on that second day, we go out on the field. I got like five projects going on now. So I ride around and take them up to all the projects. So um, what's going on, what stages we in, how we got to this stage and what's next after that. So it basically like, we showed them everything we just told them about the day before. So a lot of people learn from being from seeing it visually than mm -hmm. learning from just hearing it. And it's every three months. So um, not to like extend the period, but he's doing the boot camps every three months. Right. Is there a, a certain amount of seats for it? For like a first come first serve type of deal? Yeah, we usually hold it for like 50 seats, just the max. Okay. Um, <laughs> yo, y'all getting this boot camp. Uh, Gigi, let me ask you. So from a, from a credit standpoint, how do you go about taking care of the people who say like, this sounds amazing. I would love to do this, but I don't even have any credit at all. Like I haven't even started to build a credit history. What's your process with them? So with them, Carl, I add positive trade lines. So I add primary accounts. Um, I try not to add um, uh, like the authorized user accounts because some of the lenders don't even acknowledge those accounts. And it's just a waste of money because they cost anywhere from like 600 to like, I don't know, $1,500. It's just depending on the age and the limit of the card. What I do get asked the most, Carl, is um, like the majority of us got hit with uh, with the recession, right? Or the COVID and then the recession, right? So then they tapped out their credit cards. So a lot of them have high utilization. What I do with these people is, um, and then the majority of them have like under $10,000. And that to me is small because we can't really do anything with $10,000, $10, right? So what I do is I remove these cards from the credit report. So when I remove the cards from the credit report, that decreases their DTI and it increases their credit score. So, and then, <laughs> I mean, they're still responsible for paying the, the, <laughs> the credit card. They'll call me and they'll ask me like, well, do I still have to pay? Yes, you do have to pay it. I'm just removing your credit score to bump up your, I mean, I'm removing the account to bump up your credit score. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Paul. It's my time right now. So, 
So let me let me ask, um, you know, and 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 both of you feel free to to chime in on this one. But from a standpoint of when you're deciding on a property or you're deciding on a lot, what would you say are like the top three things that you kind of look at before you say, okay, yeah, this is the one we want to go with? First, you want to know what the house is selling for in the area. Like for the play, for the play to make sense, you got to be at a certain number. Like if we get in the, the house is worth like 400K, we can't spend no more than 100K on a lot. So basically you want to find a lot where the house is going, new house is going for at least 375 to 400K to make the play work. So that's the first thing you want to know what the numbers are. Second thing you want to know is like, what is zoned for? What can I do here? So you want to know what is zoned for? Like you want to go down to the city and ask them like, okay, I got this lot ready. I'm thinking about buying it. What can I put here? Or if you have something that you want to do, you can ask them, okay, can I do this here on this lot? And then you also got to make sure that it ain't no wetlands on it to where it's wet to where you can't build on it. Like a lot of houses you would buy, lots that you buy that have like acreage. Some of it be wetlands, but you wouldn't know if you don't go down to the zoning department and ask them. And then the third thing would be Basically, you just want to, um, okay, just um, make sure that it got um, city water or city um, city water or city sewer. That way, if you don't, then you know you got an extra 10K and getting a, um, a septic tank. And then you got probably an extra 5K for, for buying a well, a well to put on there. So that'll be like an extra 15K you didn't count for if you didn't know nothing about it. So those three things that you can look forward to before buying a lot. All right. See, here's what happens. All right. Y'all, y'all come in here and you just shout this game. And now, now, now I feel like I'm ready to sign up for the boot camp myself. Because <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get in. Let me be very clear. Uh so for the listeners, just real quick. Um, I know we're like straight up in the middle of the episode, but can you drop just say the the link to the boot camp? What is the link to the boot camp? people want to sign up basically just go to andy by houses on instagram and you all the links are in there we got a link for the um the ebook the boot camp and the mastermind so everything is in my bio on instagram at andy by houses perfect 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 i'm also drop that in the show notes too so people could could find it all right back to the questions so one of the things i think a lot of people probably don't understand because where you know the audience we serve people are primarily in healthcare and so they know what they know but they don't know what they don't know meaning every every day like you know we, we could drive by or you know i'm here in florida so i think you're here in florida too andy right, right. so we, we already know especially in this tampa bay area it's like houses just going up every, every day right everywhere but people still don't understand like the value of what it could do for them Right. They just look at it and think, hey, this might be a lot of hard work or that they feel like they can't really do it because they don't know how to build the right team. They, they just feel like they got to do it all all within themselves. And clearly, I mean, you 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 guys are a perfect example. Right. Y'all were doing what you were doing separately. But then you came together and said, hey, we can make this really work for the people. So when it looks when it comes down to like being able to build a team, unless you talk about this in the boot camp, then give us like the light version of this. Um, when it comes to building a team, who are you specifically looking for to be in your, 
in your squad? Are you yourself going out there and find the lots or do you have like a realtor that goes out there and does it for you? Like, how do you build your team? No, with um, with the lot finding, it's different ways. Like, we got wholesalers that bring us lots sometimes. Sometimes a realtor, but we, we really don't do too much. The realtor's called the market value. We don't really buy that market value. And then, unless it's in an area that got low prices, like some areas still, like in Newport Ritchie, if you find lots out there, they're still cheap on the market. So, if the numbers make sense, you still could do something like that. But basically, a lot of drive for dollars is where we find the best lots, going around looking at empty lots. Um, I got an app called Land Glide that we look at, we look up the people, look up the lot and see who own it, send them a letter or either you can um, send them a text saying that you're looking to buy that lot. That's the best way. That's the best method to, to find them. So either that wholesaling or wholesaler rather, or either um, a realtor. That's like last resort. So on the, on the back end of that, once you're going through and doing all of this, how how do you kind of look at your funds from a standpoint of like who you're allocating to right so like for example um is there a certain percentage that people should be factoring for like the architect you know and and, and the realtor and you know everything else that comes into it like what does that look like you know from a perspective of okay i gotta make sure these people eat so I can eat as well. Yeah, I give them like all the numbers at the boot camp, but mostly it's like um everybody got like you're gonna want to get three quotes from everybody that do everything. So if you got um somebody doing your plumbing or your AC or your um electrical, you don't want to just ask that one person and just get whatever price he say. You want to get like three different people so you can know, okay, if three people said, one person said 1,000, one said 12, one said 1,500, then that give you an idea of what you should be paying for. But if one person saying 1,000, another person saying 2,500, and another person saying 1,100, then you know that person that said 2,500 is way over. So you know it should be somewhere between 1,000 and 1,100. So it's like you want to get different quotes from everybody so you can know like basically what the price should be but I give them like all the prices that I pay at the bootcamp for everything. My question, um, and I think this will be a question that mixes the two y'all. So you talked about, you know, you start with <clears throat> your credit cards at the front of the project. And then once you got the foundation and stuff down, that's when hard money comes in. So my question, this really might be a little bit about me, but mostly about the people in the audience. Cause I know hard money lending from the, other side of it when you use a hard money to put like you know whatever percent down at the front and then you do it like that so that's how i've always understood hard money i didn't know you could start a project and then have hard money to come in midway and take care of it so what what does that look like one and then two when you do when you use hard money like that does it require percentage down in the middle of the project or do they like do, is it like a creative financing kind of situation no, when you're doing hard money, you don't, by you getting it up to the foundation already, that's your skin in the game. That's your down payment. Okay. So they need to see something before they lend you money. Or like, just say, if you wasn't doing nothing, then they want 30%. But if they see you got 30% of the work done, they'll just use that as your collateral. And then they'll lend you the rest on the rest of the project. And then what they do is they give you your money in draws. Like, you don't get all the money right away. You get it in draws. Like, you got to draw the... Um, a little plan level. like when after this after you have all this done then you get a draw what's going to be you probably get like three four draws for the whole project 
they just got to put up, make a draw schedule and they'll let you know when you can get on the money and how you can get it. And basically what you'll be doing is you'll be using your money at first and then they give you money back. Follow up question. This one's for Gigi. Um, so like, how, how, do, how do y'all make it work with like, all right, in the Mulder project, because I know you were talking about transferring it from personal into the business to keep your uh, utilization down, right? Is there any limitations on what somebody can do? Actually, this is for both of y'all. Are there any limitations what somebody could do once they've transferred it into the business for the personal stuff? What I mean by that is we're in the middle of a project and then another lot opens up, right? Does, is there anybody that comes in and says, hey, like it's your first project, your second project. We got to see some like experience before you start doing like two, three, like, is there any complications that comes with that? Or could you start a project right now, four months down the road, another opportunity pops up and you just do the same thing over again. Is that, does that make sense? So you're asking if would the lender still end on the second project? Yeah. Yeah, like um, the ones that I have, like he know what I'm doing and he know that I got the bootcamp going on. So anybody that's coming through the bootcamp, he know that, you know, I'm behind them. So he'll, he'll, he'll do it just because of me. It's all about your connection and who you know and who you're dealing with. If you're dealing with somebody that don't know me or know, you know, nobody, then they probably won't do it. They'll probably say, well, let's finish this one first. And then after that, then we'll do the other one. But if the, if the guy knows, because um, most likely if, if I bring somebody to him and they don't do it, I'll probably end up buying it from him. Like he'll take it back and I'll just buy it from him. So he feels safer that way, knowing that, you know, he got me the, the back and in case something go wrong. Uh, I have a comment. Um, so you guys are in the healthcare. There's a lot of doctors that don't know what to do with their money. So <laughs> if they want to be private investors, <laughs> uh, just have, to, have them tap in with us. <laughs> so let's talk about that. From a, <laughs> from a private investor standpoint, um, asking more for me, <laughs> but I guess for, I guess for them too. Uh, what does that look like? Because I didn't even know that was possible with this. So, kind of talk to me a little bit about you know if I am a doctor that is listening and I'm like, okay, I I like the private investor route. What would be required of me for that? Okay, it don't really have to be a doctor. It could be nurses. Nurses that got a lot of money, you don't write up a lot of money and it's just got to sit and you don't know how to work it. So basically what it do, you'll just be, it'll be like you're becoming like the hard money lender. So basically what you'll be getting is like a percentage for the year, maybe 8%, 9%, better than sitting your money in the bank and letting it get nothing or making it lose value. So you'll be getting that percentage. Then you'll get like, like you got first dibs on the property just in case something go wrong. You got access to the property, and most people want to get in real most mortgages or most lenders. They love that position because they want to get in real estate, but they don't want to go do the hard work of finding the property or doing all the work or doing this and that. So, by lending to somebody that don't do the majority of the work or done some of the work, it make it easier on them if something, if it do default. So, it's kind of like, okay, if they default, then bam, I got this and I can just have it finished or I can just sell it and get my money back. But it kind of puts them in a position to where, like, okay, well, dang, now I ain't have to go find a lot. And they did some of the work. So now it just take me a couple more, another 50,000 to finish it. And I can make the 375 or the 400 instead of just making the little 8% that I was going to make. So it kind of like works in their favor. And but your money, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I got excited. Because <laughs> we have a bunch of doctors that don't know what to do with their money. Um, the money's protected uh, with a lien. So basically, you put a lien against the land or the property. And if anything happens when the property gets sold, you are the first person that gets the uh, gets some money, depending right. on what you you put in. As an example, I'm a bank for somebody. So I get 30% out of however much I give them or lend them. And my money's protected. Like whenever he sells a property, I'm getting 30% of however much I gave him. You can't get that at the bank. You can't get you, that anywhere. <laughs> have to pay you that. The title company give you that. You get paid before he get paid, basically. Mm -hmm. Whoever the lien holder is on the property, they get paid before the whoever is selling the property does. Yep. So that's the protection you have with that. So are you signing up, Carl? <laughs> Listen, we're going we gonna to have to talk. Well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to talk off camera because uh, <laughs> got some things brewing, especially with that portion. Um, all right. So let me let me ask this question then, because I think I want to scale back a little bit and just kind of think about, you know, how 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 y'all work um, from a mental side. I think, you know, your mindset is, is one of the biggest things that could work in your favor. And for a lot of people, they just how do I say this without offense? Well, okay, let me offend somebody. A lot of people are 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 stuck in this like workers mentality, meaning that they basically take what's given to them and they accept everything the way it's presented. And that's just it, right? But I feel like to be in this game, like you got to be able to not just think on your feet, but you got to be resilient. You got to be able, like, this is real estate. So everybody that, you know, if you're fully real estate, you don't understand that things can go not according to plan real quick. And if, if you come into this, assuming that <laughs> project's going to be done in six months and six months in one day, you're like, why is the project not done? Like any, anything could happen, especially in Florida where it rains. So <laughs> anything could happen. Right. So I want people to understand what y'all think about what y'all do to improve your mindset, your outlook on what you do. And more importantly, like, you know, if y'all are reading, doing personal development, what are some of the stuff that y'all do to make sure that you stay on top of your game because I think that's also stuff that people need. You go first, Gigi. All right. So I do a lot of reading. I read anything that has to do with self-development. Um, I also, at, at, so Andy and I have uh, like that hustling mentality, right? So there's days, he doesn't know this, but there's days where like just recently I was, uh, I got sick. So I, I was in an allergy medication and I didn't feel like doing anything, but he's over here texting me like, did you do this? Did you do that? I'm like, damn it. Now I have to get up and do it. Right. So you need those type of people in your circle, the people that are like, that have that same mentality, the go getting mentality, and they unintentionally motivate you. Um, and I, as, as an example, I don't have anybody in my circle that has a nine to five job. No, no offense or nothing. <laughs> But I don't have anybody in my circle that has a nine to five job. Everybody is a, an entrepreneur. They have their own business and um, they know how it is to only sleep two hours a day. And when it's like a nine to five, you, like you mentioned, you get up, go work for somebody. And I, I there's like no motivation there. <laughs> I was just talking to one of my friends today. Um, and when you slack off, 
like working for yourself, when you slack off, those are thousands of dollars that you're not getting. But when you're working, hustling every minute, every hour, those are thousands of dollars that you're getting. <laughs> so as your bank account gets bigger, like the more you want to grind. <laughs> right. And me, it's like um, what I do, I, I listen to Audible a lot. I can't sit and read a book no more. I can't really sit still too long. So I got to listen to something on the go. So I listen to um, a lot of Audible, a lot of books. One of my best books was Atomic Habits and Rich Dad Poor Dad. So those two I recommend. But that's what I, I do that. And then like on a normal day, I just um, ride around, go to, go to my property. Then I call different people that like on whatever stages I'm on. Like uh, right now I'm doing one that I'm doing flooring. So I call somebody about flooring today. So I have him doing the flooring. I had a roof done today on another project. I had trash picked up at another project. So basically me, I'm just going around and keeping track of every project and what I got to do on it and what stage I'm in and calling the people in that field to go ahead and knock that out just to keep the process moving and the ball rolling. But a lot of people, that I, one thing I see is a lot of people are scared. Like a lot of people don't have that. Um, they're scared of what they don't know. They, they, all, they think of failure before they think of success. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they before they even go in a project, they always think of what if this go wrong, like you were saying. What if this go wrong? I can't do this. What if I can't find it? So you're coming in a project in a project negative. So when you come into anything negative, you come into life negative, you're going to get negative. Or you're going to attract all the negative things. So when you come in with a positive mindset, then you attract positive things and positive things that go happening. You'll see the positive. You won't pay attention to the negative. But everything have negative in it. Like it'd be some inspections that I passed for the, but that I failed for small reasons. But I just had a guy go out there, fix that little small reason a day, a day or two, and go back do the inspection again, and it passed. Most people will cry about those small things that happen because they say, "Oh, it failed. Oh, it did. He didn't do this right. He didn't do that right. He didn't do this." Mm -hmm. But really, really, all you had to do is go change one little thing. But a lot of people who's like thinking of that negative stuff all the time, a small little thing like that will make the whole thing go sideways. So instead of them taking that one and two day to fix, it may take a week or so because they negative, they yell, yelling at the person and the person like, okay, well, it ain't that bad, but they don't see it ain't that bad. They see the negative part of it. So that person may not want to go out right there. He may put you on the back burner and come out there another day. So it's like, you just gotta, if you stay positive, you know, things, Things gonna come up, but you just gotta stay, look at the positive. Like, okay, once that get done, look where I'm at. Like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm really brought nothing and making something out of nothing. You can get the, get that positive mindset and it'll move way faster than you thought. Just to touch on that, like uh, when I used to work for the government, I worked for the government for 14 years after I got out of the military, and I worked harder working for them. Um, and I was capped out at like fifty dollars an hour, however much they was paying me, right? And I worked harder and I couldn't make any more money. But now if I work harder, I make more money. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as like, if, if you're getting into real estate, like my motivation for me, and I just got a text message today is the results from my clients. So I don't ask them to text me and let me know what their score is or what they got into. But just, I got a text message from one of my clients saying my transunion score jumped, I think like 44 points or something like that. That right. changed his life. Like he could get $200,000. And I, even though I know I don't see it, but when they come back and they tell me like, this is what I got, Gigi. I was like, all right, I'm gonna keep on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> no, nah, y'all are, are doing great work. Like 
this is this is amazing and i'm i'm so grateful you know that y'all made the time to come on the show because we have had nobody on here that does what y'all do you know so this is this is incredible um i want to circle back to you Gigi, because you low-key didn't answer the question um <laughs> andy andy said uh rich dad poor dad and atomic habits and you you mentioned you said that you know you you like doing personal development from a standpoint of books but we like books over here too and we like recommendations so for you what would you say have been the the top three or top two books that have been like a game changer for like your mindset in the business but one of one of the I don't remember them but one of them that I have right next to me is profit first <laughs> rich dad poor dad too it it impacted me a lot because I'm a single parent so my kid like I have the hustling mentality I, I work I like working for myself and I like making money but my kid's dad my kid's father is a complete opposite <laughs> mm -hmm. so I had to show them different from what his father was showing him and as you know like the masculine like presence is like it it, it uh overpowers my feminine my feminine presence so I had to try a little bit harder <laughs> to show them different I got you um so one more question on my end and then I'll, I'll pass it over to Paul but this is a little bit more of a fun question we like to ask. If y'all could put from, a, and it could be just real estate or it could be entrepreneur in general, but if you could say, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of entrepreneurs or real estate? Like who are the ones you look at and you're like, yeah, those are, those are the goats up there. Me, I look at, um. Grant Cardone, he's like the 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 go to sales and real estate at the same time. Like that's the good one, bro. <laughs> TG, I'm sorry, I was muted. <laughs> I would, to me, um, I would say, um, and I, pardon me, like I have a short term memory problem here, but <laughs> it's uh, the Apple Apple produce the CEO for Apple. Um, I, that would be the person for me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> much respect. Much respect. Let me ask y'all one last question as well. And for me, it's a two-part question. One, if you could go back to like when y'all were children or coming up or in high school, with the information you have now, what advice would you give yourself? And then two. Would high school you recognize the person that you are today? You said in high school, did you recognize who I am today? No, I'm saying, yeah, like if, if, if you went back and gave yourself advice in high school, would that high school version of yourself recognize who you are today? And what advice would you give them? No, actually, I got expelled in the ninth grade. And I got kicked out of school, couldn't go to school in the county. But when I was in school or basically back then when I was a teenager, it's like my whole goal in life when I got to 40 was just to be alive or either be out of prison. Like I didn't really have no goals, nothing. I couldn't see myself doing nothing. I, I never knew, I never had the vision. I just was just hoping to be free and hoping to be alive. That was it. Cause a lot of the people I grew up with, they're not. They in prison for a long time 
or either they're, they're dead. So my whole goal was just to be alive, man. Me doing what I'm doing now is like it was never thought of. I never thought I'd be building houses from the ground up. Like that was never my idea back then. That was I was just living life just to live. I really had no meaning back then. And what was the other question? What advice would you give the young version of yourself? I would give them advice of the start, grinding early, grind early, and party later instead of partying early and working hard later. I tell you to do the opposite. Like grind like you're while you're young, get everything set together, get get your money up. Get, you get in your thirty to forty, you be stacked up. Then you could just party. You could retire early instead of everybody working partying out their 20s and then when they get to their 30 40 now they want to try to work hard or now they want to open business and like we're working backwards the whole time i have always been a very competitive person and i didn't see that in myself so uh when i was in high school i was on the borderline to get kicked out of high school too i i would always miss school <laughs> always and they told me basically they told me if you don't start coming to school we're gonna kick you out right so i got my act right um, but when I, I was working at McDonald's and the store manager there was a retired Marine. So he basically told me, he said, uh, Griselda, um, the Marines isn't for you. It's, uh, it's, uh, for men and it's too hard. So what I did is I walked into the recruiting station that same weekend and I enrolled in the Marine Corps <laughs> and it's been, it's been downhill, but it's, um, it's that competitive side of me where if I feel like. It's uh, I can do it, but people are putting like a, a ceiling on me. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and, and try to do it. And I didn't see that before. Um, so I would tell myself to uh, challenge myself <laughs> earlier. Um, what was the other question? I think you answered it. It was just, okay. would, there, would, would the young you recognize you right now? Oh, no. I, like I said, I, I wasn't I mean, I was in high school, but I wasn't in high school. So, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Now I have a goal and I have a mission and I have a vision. Back then I didn't. Yo, thank y'all. Like this was a, this was a great episode. Dropped a lot of gems. Um, appreciate you guys making the time. So just again, you know, before we let you go for those that are listening, Go ahead and leave them with, you know, contact information, how they can get in touch with you um, and plug into boot camp again. Okay, Andy, Andy Buy Houses on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Andy Buy Houses and boot camp September 10th and 11th, where we teach you how to get the high limit credit cards, take the money off the credit cards, hide your utilization and build a house using that money. And for the people that already have the money, it's, you know, it's an even bigger and better thing for you to use your money to do it. And once you do that, you can just get a um, refi it. And then all the refi money is tax free. You don't got to pay taxes on that. So another thing I'm doing too, like I got a couple of properties that I'm building that I don't owe anything on because I don't stack up my money. I just put, throw my money back into real estate. So once I build them houses, I can refi, take 200. Well, I just take 300 out of each house. Let's say three houses and I could take 900,000 out of, of them three houses tax-free. So that's like another little quick little play for me to just, you know, put my money in instead of just letting it sit up in the bank. And I am uh, found in all social media platforms under Miss C-Notes and it's uh, M-S-C-N-O-T-E-S. Um, and I help you guys set up businesses. 
Um, I have challenges every month um, and I do credit repair, um, business setup, uh, personal funding and business funding. Um, and I challenge you guys to get out of that nine to five job and start your own business. <laughs> I spell Missy Notes. It's M-S-C-N-O-T-E-S. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Appreciate y'all, um, man. I really hope listeners y'all get in this boot camp because it sounds like y'all are gonna get some really good gems. Um, if you've been thinking about getting into real estate, this sounds like a really good way to get in. And uh, you got two of the best people in the game right now to teach you. So Andy, Gigi, appreciate y'all. Thank you for coming on and dropping some gems with the listeners. To our lovely listeners, as always, if you guys need any SEO help, feel free to reach out off the clock SEO. We got you for all your SEO needs. But until next time, peace, many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.